Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. This is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you once again in our sane, unliquored up state. Because it is... I can get the drinks. Well, that'd be good. But it is the middle of the day. People seem to like us better when we've been (laughs) drinking champagne while we... I have no memory of that podcast. Well, maybe it's just as well. (laughs) We have gotten quite a few nice comments, but... uh, Yeah, people seem to like us better drunk than sober. What does that mean? (laughs) Well... The rest of the year, we will be, and probably next year, we won't be. Well, that's too far. Okay, we won't even talk about that. But we are making plans for the futures, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, we're pretty booked up for the year 2020. Okay, so. so, A wonderful state to be in. We left you off in Florida. and we we still are. We still are. And, you know, this is uh, the reason why we, I guess we feel bad for all the folks in the north where the snows, we have pictures of our house in the snow. Is that why you log on to our Chicago um, newscasts whenever the internet will allow us? The, so you can gloat at the cams that we have in the house. We have four cameras that monitor the house, and there is snow there now. And we certainly commiserate with those of you who are in the frigid cold, waiting for the spring to pop. And we are here where it's been pretty decent. Well, if my parents were still alive, they would say to you, "This is their favorite time of year, and they love to be yes. in the snow and the cold." But oh. we've we've done that yes. for many years, and. We're glad we're done doing that. As many of you know, we have spent time in here in Florida. We have been to Texas. We have been to Arizona. We've been to California. Down we've, in New Mexico. We, down in New Mexico. We now have kind of ensconced ourselves in this location in Florida uh, where we have bought a RV lot and we stay here and... Uh, enjoy the warm weather. You just can't travel much in the months of January and February. It's just too unreliable. And even here, we're about halfway down the Florida Peninsula. Um, we've had some cooler days where, and a few rainy days where it wasn't really all that nice to be outside. And if I were the queen of the world, which I am not, I still would prefer to travel around to yes. warm places. Yes. But that just has gotten increasingly impractical for us. We've seen a lot and done a lot, and I guess we're getting old and lazy. And well, I, being here on the lot that we own is a very comfortable place to be. Until and you'd the have weather. to go south of here, which would be Key West or Miami, right. and that, that you can't do that all the time. And even out in Arizona, we're looking at the weather now, and it is chilly They've out had in their Arizona, cold days and too. California gets cold. So at this time of the year, you just got to kind of hunker down. What we should be doing <gasps> is like that couple that we met on our mid Middle East trip who go to Australia for the winter. Oh, yeah. Now that's a way to do it. In their summer. Right. Of course, who wants to be in Australia with all the fires and Well, that's another thing, yeah. So if you're thinking about traveling in the wintertime, um, be sure to consider the how far south you need to go to really be warm. If that's your plan. Or if you want to go in, in the snow, feel free. Well, and I think the cool days here are fine for people who want to go hiking and... 
things the like that. The weather down here has been really nice. Yeah, things like that. It's, it's fine. We had a few days when we used the air conditioner, but overall we've been using the heat. <laughs> and on the same day we can use both. But today it's in the mid-70s, and it's uh, very nice. We've been watching, and we're going to watch again, uh, the launches of the SpaceX rockets. We are about 15 minutes from the rocket launch site, so it's easy for us to go zip over and watch. Uh, and it's good that we're close because they keep postponing them and changing the times. And This makes us feel really bad for the people who come here from a distance <laughs> to see a launch. Uh, the first launch we saw, we encountered some people who came here from Korea yes. who were thrilled to be there to see it, even though it wasn't a perfect weather day to see the, the spaceship go off into the sky. But here we can just pop over there day after day until they finally do go up without a lot of... And it seems like they have delays almost every day. But the cool thing is is that the Space Coast is really booming because there are so many launches. There's a launch every couple weeks and uh, the money being spent to launch the satellites and creates jobs and, and the Space Center is really an exciting place to be these days. And of course... We're very close to the Kennedy Space Center, which has the a tourist attraction, which is number one in Florida. And it's uh, really spectacular to go over to the Kennedy Space Center. Not the theme parks? I think they said that... More people come to the Space Center? Well, there are a lot of theme parks. Depends how you count, probably. Yeah, probably. But still, a lot of people probably come over from Orlando. And, and do it's both. Only an hour and do from both. Orlando. Right. And we're about to take off on a little cruise. It's... We're making this podcast just a bit early because the cruise is the, coming up. It's... It's um, such a treat to be staying half an hour away from a cruise port and finally be able to take a cruise that doesn't involve taking a flight first. So you don't have to worry about losing your suitcase and what to pack and how much it weighs. We can just bring everything we own on <laughs> the cruise ship from our car. Um, sadly, this cruise is only a week, so I really don't need to bring that much stuff. We thought we would take advantage of this wonderful location and, and take a, a Caribbean cruise while we're down here. A little time in the Caribbean, in the warm, warm Caribbean, we're hoping. As she said, it's only 20 minutes away, so we can eliminate the transportation issue and just kind of just drive over there and pay a hundred bucks or so to park the car but other than that uh, the transportation is taken care of and we understand that if you are a florida resident you can get cheap last minute deals on cruises which would be lovely because we're not florida residents uh, and it would be just as almost as easy for us to drive to fort lauderdale or tampa or there are many cruise ports that we could um, take advantage of yes. while we're down here. And we just might do that one of these days. So on RV Navigator technical issues, uh, it is good news that I have been working on the website. And if you take a look at it now, you'll notice that it has changed, maybe to you subtly, but to me in a major way, because I've had to reconstruct the entire thing using new software. As I said, uh, software goes out of date, and I can no longer run the old software on my newer computers, so I've had to make a transition to a new piece of software. If you're looking at making a website, uh, this software is actually very nice, and I've What's it called? settled on Sparkle. And Sparkle makes very nice uh, WYSIWYG web pages so that I can just drag and put stuff wherever I want to, and I can make it look a lot like the the website from before but of course it's all new 
And it will display better on iPads and phones. That's the other cool thing is, is that they automatically redo the web page for the different phones and, and tablets, the size of the screen, and whether it's vertical or horizontal, it, it detects that and sends the right web page. That's pretty cool. And it does that automatically. So well, that's we've come to expect a more, that these a days. more modern feature, and, and it has many more modern things that uh, I should be using, and it's just well, a lot of work. You've had the time to do it. It hasn't been that out nice outside some That's days, what so it doesn't mind being here and getting the job done. Exactly. So I would appreciate some feedback. Um, not too much uh, heavy duty until I really get it finished, but if you notice... Are you uh, finished? No. Oh. I'm working on it. Oh. All The pages have been moved over, but they all don't look and display quite the way I want them to. So we have uh, some work to go, but we will work on it as the month goes on after the cruise. But last month we did the Tampa Super Show. Something we always love to Fired do when we... Fired up the old we, RV and drove 100 miles When we're here at the right time. Well, there are a lot of RV shows in the wintertime, especially for Northerners it's a nice time to dream. And when yes. we... Went to the RV show in Hershey, Pennsylvania. They said they were the largest RV show in the United States, and I think the Tampa Super Show makes the same claim. Uh, we've certainly been to the Tampa one more times than we've been to the Hershey one, and we still feel that this is the best show for our taste yes. because it isn't just a matter of having a lot of RVs. Yes, it's having all the gizmos and gadgets and the support that you need uh, once you own a rig because there are always things that break and things that could be done better and enhancements that you could add and everything is there at the Tampa Super Show. Exactly, including a big Numar presence which is important to us. But virtually every manufacturer makes the Tampa Show a feature of their year in terms of displays. They don't really bring out new models here but uh, they do have a presence in lots of factory reps. So what do we notice this year? That every new rig was furnished in gray. <laughs> and that was funny how trends from are. From the teeny tiny little A frame trailers all the way to the Lottie Dot. Light gray, million dark dollar gray, coaches. gray stripes, gray floor, gray wall, white cabinets. So someday, if you're looking at a used RV and it's gray, you will know that it's a 2020 because (laughs) that was the color of them all. That's that's really strange. Um, We also had, uh, boy, uh, storage is always an issue in a motorhome. And we've always liked, well, in in an RV, we've always liked the motorhome because we have a big basement with trays that slide out that allow you to access uh, the inner parts of it and keep yourself organized. And we have a lot of bays. And we have a huge storage capacity in terms of weight, which is a big advantage of uh, a diesel pusher. Because a lot of you fifth-wheelers have very large basements, too. But if you're like us, you overload them, and then you have tire and spring problems. Yes, but they also have... Uh, they don't have that much space. I mean, they don't have a basement, or they haven't Fifth had wheels a can. Well, in the front, and they have a huge cavernous bay in the front, but using that in a, in a way that's effective is, is often difficult because stuff gets lost in the middle. 
and it's tall, and that's a problem because you, then you have to stack stuff up. And we've tried to containerize stuff yes. as much as possible in our basement. And overall, in the whole RV, the best strategy, I think, for storage is to cram it full so it can't <laughs> fly around while you're going down the road. Okay. Um, this can be a problem when the thing that you want More is all the way in the middle and you can't get at it. So the trays that we saw this year at the Super Show well, on some of the trailers were huge. Well, one of the things that we saw, I think, for the first time, we saw it for the first time. I don't know if it was the first time it was available, but you know that fifth wheels, you come into it, and it's usually the kitchen and the living room, and then you have to go up and over the bed of the truck, and that's where the bedroom is, and then in the back is usually a living room. Well, they've done something different now. Uh, several of the manufacturers have you step up to into the living room because they put this huge storage bay underneath the living room. So the two ends, you step up into them. Just So the bedroom is, and the living room are just uh, companions. They're, they're twins. But the reason why they have the elevated living room is because there's a huge storage bay underneath now the living room. And, whoa, they have a tray in there that would hold... It was the width of the RV and maybe 10 feet deep. Yeah, I have a picture of it on the website. Yeah. But, but the tray slides out the back of the RV. And you could put on bikes on there. You could put, uh, they had all sorts of things that you could put, uh, kayaks, you know, whatever you wanted to put on there that you could roll out. And then it had containers on each side so that uh, stuff wouldn't fall off the tray. And then you had more storage on the sides. So they've gone a long way to making... Uh, fifth wheels have a lot more storage, and this seems to be like a, a viable option in terms of looking for storage. Especially for people who want to bring a lot of now, toys. These were not toy haulers. But toys. Yes, but because this was a storage... Kids bikes and golf Storage bags bay underneath what was in the, in the past has been the living room, and now the live, elevated the living room. The only people that I think might not like it is people who have a hard time with stairs because you have to climb up and climb down. That's always a problem in a fifth wheel. There are a lot of stairs. Yeah. Whereas, like the motorhome like ours, you once you're in it, there are no stairs. A few other things I want to say about the Super Show. Uh, we have always been fortunate enough to camp there, and we arrive the day before <laughs> the show opens. But we understand from the people we stand in line with at the bathroom that the first day of the show, which is on a Wednesday? Yeah. Is it's too popular. That's the simplest way to say it. I talk, I said that with a lady <laughs> in the bathroom seniors. line who um, spent over an hour traveling the last half mile to the Super Show. So if you're coming to see the Super Show, I would suggest you don't come the first day because that's when they give the big senior discount. <laughs> you get a dollar off. Of one dollar, <laughs> which shouldn't make a big difference, but I guess to seniors it does. The other thing I want to say is I was imagining myself as a brand new RVer and not knowing what kind of rig I would want to be in. It could be overwhelming because they have every kind of rig RVs. you would ever want to be in. So you might want to bring a video camera to record all that you see. It's just too much to take in in your mind. And maybe seeing them all would help you to decide which kind of rig you would want. 
I don't know. Yeah, it, it's tough. It's overwhelming. And how do you how you go about doing a show like this? Because we read occasionally about people who say, "Well, I went to the RV show in my hometown, and you know they had two class A's and three class C's, and it just wasn't very big." Whereas this show. Every major manufacturer is there, all the way from the million-dollar motorhomes down to the iPods or i whatever those little the iPods, tear, teardrop, teardrop shape. Everything is there in quantity. So, I mean, Newmar had 15 rigs there, I would say, and Tiffin had big rigs. Winnebago had rigs, uh, and all of the fifth-wheel designers were there, and it was just a very impressive with all of the rigs that were, that were there for you to see. So. So if you're looking at it for anything, they have it. And we spent the first full day just in the two vendor halls. Right. They have two large halls devoted to vendors, and there must be there are several hundred. And we were looking for some stuff, <laughs> but we didn't find anything. And then usually you find stuff you didn't know you wanted until you saw it. Yeah. So we were looking for some tire pressure sensors. Um, I found out that we have the TPMS uh, system from truck systems and the 105 system, and they have new sensors, and I was having trouble with my old sensors. So we got a few sensors, and we gave them kind of a sob story, and they gave us a couple sensors And because the factory's there. So, you know, you can actually talk to the people who know. And so there were some things like that that we did. And yeah, there are also a lot of campgrounds represented at the mm-hmm. Super Show in the Bend of Building. some good deals on More than I remember being there before. Certainly skewed toward the southeast, but there were campgrounds there from all up and down the Atlantic coast. So if you're looking for places to stay, sometimes they give you a coupon to come for right, a free definitely. night. You can get a lot of good camping information there as well. Tons of stuff to buy and to look at just to see what's what's going on. Uh, we will be having probably some interviews in the not-too-distant future about some of the things that we learned. We made contact with the manufacturers, and uh, hopefully we'll have a representative that can actually explain what their product is about but we will keep you tuned in in the future so keep listening to the rv navigator podcast <gasps> we should mention this is the rv, RV navigator podcast episode 178 oh, for just start talking <laughs> february 2020 the second month of this new millennium can you tell we're not professionals <laughs> We should have it down by now. Well, but we've been doing this a while, so we should be almost professional, right? You you, you would think so. (laughs) Anyway, I was looking for new batteries. I don't know. We went through the struggle. If you probably listened to the podcast about four years ago, I was struggling with batteries, and I bought lead-acid batteries from Costco. And this is, of course, a big decision because we are in an all-electric coach now, and we have to buy eight of them. So we're talking. We had to buy eight of them before. They were expensive before. Talking, but I went with. Yeah, but when you said to yeah. me, oh, the, the Jeep, I think I need to put a new battery yeah, well. in the Jeep, I thought, oh, that's nothing. That's only one battery. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but when you're buying eight of them. Your, your perspective changes. Yeah. Well, and I. Boy, it's really a tough call. I've wanted to buy lithium. I just can't quite justify the cost of lithium at the present time. It's $100 per 10 amps. $10 an amp. And so a 100-amp battery costs 1000 bucks in round numbers. So we need probably 600 amps, 
So that's six thousand bucks. Wow! Wow! And we have to make some changes internally to the charging systems and to the solar systems, which would be true for anyone who has for lithium, or well, age. unless you're starting from scratch with a brand new one. And that's one of the things I think we saw at this show too. There were some manufacturers who were including lithium as just part of the package because that's the direction. The yeah, I see that going. as the the direction it's going in the future. But geez, right now to make the switch. Last time I bought the cheapest lead-acid batteries I could buy from Costco. And you got what you paid for. And I think after four years, they're kind of uh, on their last legs. Uh, Lead-acid uh, wet cell batteries are standard or ordinary car batteries that you see. You know, they're deep cycle, but they're the, just the, the, the technology is the same that it has been for years and years and years. So I've been seriously looking at going with AGMs. An AGM battery is sealed. And that's one of the things that really appeals to me. <laughs> a lot of people say, well, I don't want to maintain my batteries. I don't want to have to put water in them. I don't want to have to think about it. But for me, that's not an issue. I have an, we, we bought an automatic watering system, and you go out there and you pump it up every couple months, and it fills the cells with water. So the, the water hasn't really been much of an issue, and maintenance is not really much of an issue. The tray slides out so I can get out the batteries and stuff. But for me, one of the issues is the outgassing. And if you notice uh, your batteries having white powder on them and the... And the tray they sit, the on, tray they sit turning on, into a spider web. Yeah. So even though it's a metal tray that slides out, it's getting... Acid is eating away at the metal. So I have this vision now of driving down the road yeah, and having the tray breaking yeah. and the batteries bouncing on the highway. So oh, I'm my. thinking of uh, switching to AGMs at this time. And just forgetting the lithiums for the time being, um, I could get by, you know, lithiums have a lot of advantages, and you're going to yell at your radio because you say, I can get lithium, get lithium, where are you, it's high tech, but I just can't quite justify the expense. The man so, has tortured himself <laughs> making this decision. And, and there were no lithium people at the show. We were surprised. Yeah, I was very surprised. So instead of torturing myself, I'm just going to go with AGMs. AGMs do not outgas, so there's and they're totally non-maintenance. There's no ports on them for maintenance, so you don't have to water them or anything. And they have a slightly better charging and discharging characteristics than and cost uh, considerably. But I did find than the, than the wet ones. Oh, really? Well, that's always <laughs> the problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I found AGM, 6-volt AGM deep cycle, for about a little over $200. That was each. a show deal. Right? Only, yeah, yeah, only $1,600. No, I haven't bought them yet, but they're Trojans, which is one of the big brand names. Next month you'll get to hear about how the installation goes. Oh, no. <laughs> how the acid spilled all over my wife and stained her. You burned clothes. a hole in somebody's clothes last night. My time. own. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was Jeff's clothes. <laughs> no, it was his battery on my clothes. Oh. So stay tuned. Sixty-seven pounds each. I'm going to have to haul these guys. Put them in the back of the. Be ready for a, a wine session. Oh, it's inevitable. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Is my wife going to help me? So it's. I will cheer you on. Oh. So it seems like now that we've reached the ripe old age of nine, mm -hmm. eight, we're only eight years old, things are starting to be in need of replacement for the RV, and everything that we do 
costs a thousand dollars. So uh, we have been, or extra, in the case of batteries, we've been extra vigilant in trying to find the most economical way of doing these very expensive things. And I think we've alluded to the gas card that we have yeah. been made aware of by some of our listeners. You know, it's obvious that trucks, because there are fleets of trucks, they get a better deal than we do as individual customers driving our RV. And it would be really nice to be a fleet truck driver and when you pull into the truck stops to get the fleet price rather than the car pr- or the individual RV price. The, the price you see on the placard outside of the gas station uh, listing the prices. And lo and behold, we found a place that offers fleet diesel discounts for the us that are even though we're just individuals. So if you haven't heard about this program yet, it's called the TSD Fuel Program, and you use diesel, and you don't mind going to the truck stops at the truck lanes, you will find some big, big discounts with this card. 30 to 50 cents a gallon? At least. We filled up on the way home from the Tampa Super Show. The price at the on the sign outside for diesel was 305 I think. And we paid 249 a gallon. Wow, that's a big difference. It's a huge savings. So with one fill-up, we saved over $50. And that's... <laughs> significant savings. So it was a process. You had to apply for the card, and then somebody from the organization phoned you and interviewed you. Right. And then they mailed us the card, and it comes with a very useful app that you can put on your cell phone right. so you can look up the prices of all the truck stops in your area or along your route. You yes. can put in where you're going and find out exactly. where the cheap cheapest places to stop along the way are these are all truck stops like loves and flying j and pilots so we will reiterate once again you have to use diesel and you have to use it at the diesel pumps in the truck lanes and you have to allow them to link the card to your checking account because that's how you pay and you don't have to go and you don't have to go inside the store to get the pumps going super nice you just swipe it like you'd swipe any other credit card and if you use your loves app you can get free drinks and free free showers at loves (laughs) a free giant gulp i'm sure we'll be using that but that's in addition to the huge diesel discount so we've had for a long time the good sam and the card, flying J card. And the flying J card, where you got nine cents. Which was which was okay. Helpful. That's nice. But fifty cents is better. This card works exactly the same as that, but the discount is is much more dramatic. Now the way this works is you go and you put the card in and you put in your secret pin number and the pump starts and it it displays the consumer's price. The cons- the regular price that's listed on the pump. But when you're bank account is charged you are charged at the lower rate and it also shows on your receipt and on the app at the end what you really paid not the receipt that you get out of the pump oh well on the app i could could see it right away this happens almost immediately so within 15 minutes you can find out what you really paid and what the savings and discount was and boy so we've used it now 
three times. We understand that it can be used in Canada as well. We're going to test that out this summer. Mm -hmm. In Canada, we've also encountered some uh, diesel fueling lots that have no stores or people or anything. (laughs) They're just like an outpost in the wilderness. So as long as you have this card and can swipe yourself in, you can fuel at some of those places too in Canada. This is a true fleet card. So I am going to put a little PDF on the website that has uh, all the information that you need. And if you'd like to give us credit for referring you, we get a little discount too. Oh, we get two giant gulps at the loan? And maybe some more. Who Ooh, knows? I'm excited. Yeah, so take a look at that and see what you think. And if you use it. And it doesn't cost anything. That's the bottom line here. I can see some people being nervous about giving access to your checking account. Yeah, but you do that all the time for your credit cards and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't Commonwealth Edison withdraw the money from your for your electric bill? So that's that's something that you definitely might want to consider. And then the other fleet thing that we did. So we've done two fleet things this month. It was time to buy new tires. The first time we bought new tires for our motorhome, and Ken told me how much they were going to (laughs) cost, I thought he was kidding. Um, And now, but now we need even more tires because we use we have eight tires. Now, uh, yeah, we have on this motorhome, I was a little better prepared and robbed a bank before we did this job. So new tires now. Our tires had lots of tread on them. The they tre- look fine. The tires that you buy for a motorhome will give you between 150 and 200,000 miles of service. Very few RVers over the life of their whole motorhome would probably not go that far. So you're thinking, oh, well, I'm never going to need new tires. <clears throat> new tires are necessary at a certain age. And if you take a look at your tires, you will see that they have imprinted on the sidewall a DOT code that tells you when the tire was manufactured. We just did this with a friend of ours, and they said, well, our coach, our trailer was a, a 2012, and I took a look at the tires, and the tires were made in 2010. Ooh. Ooh. So that's a problem. Uh, always check the tires and see when they were manufactured before you buy a motorhome. And, and, anyway. And RV manufacturers can cheap out when they think you don't know better well, and put old tires on compared to... I don't to think it's a matter of cheaping out. It's just that that's the way they you get old tires. They've been sitting around for whatever reason. So you look on the sidewall of your tires. Our old tires on the motorhome here were uh, from two thousand, the mid-2011. Today is 2020, so that means that they were eight years old in round numbers. Eight years is about the maximum that you should keep a set of tires, regardless of what what the tread is like. Ours had tons of tread on them. They only have 50,000 miles, so they were maybe a quarter used in terms of tread. But the age of the tires is too old, and they were beginning to crack. As a matter of fact, we took it over to one of our... We were having it uh, repaired, and the repair guy said, ooh, you better look at your tires because they're getting dry rot. And I hadn't really noticed it, but he noticed it right away. It, and I said, little, good, I'm having the tires replaced tomorrow. Was that the little fine cracks that he could see? Yeah. They were very hard to And notice. we keep our tires covered out of the sun. We tried, well, even, even if you keep them in indoor storage, age is age. So I knew that I was going to have to replace tires. And if you are a member of FMCA, you know that there is a tire discount program. So we went and we checked out the tire discount program with FMCA, and we found out that we're going to be spending about $825 per tire. Ouch. 
<laughs> which, which, by the way, was a big discount because the tires were close to a thousand dollar each. Ouch! 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 At list. So I was ready to bite the bullet, and then I found out the, about the National Tire Concierge Services, which I will also provide a link to on our website. They don't have a, a, a they don't have a website, oh, so I'm going to provide you the contact information on our website. But if you're thinking about buying tires, you might want to consider joining the National Tire Concierge Service. And that's for smaller tires. Than so ours this is as another. Well. Any yeah, tires. yeah, this, this gets you decent discounts on your car tires too. But this is once again one of those fleet services, and they sell all sorts of tires. And it's one of those deals where the dealership gets them <laughs> gets them shipped at factory prices right to them, and they don't charge you. We didn't pay anything to the dealer. We paid. We bought the tires directly from Michelin, which was interesting. So we bought Michelins again, which are more expensive than any other tire. But through the National Fleet ID card uh, that we now have, and that costs $90, a one-time fee of $90 to join. To join the fleet. To join the fleet. We saved $140 per tire under the FMCA price. So we paid about $630 a tire, which is a lot. But it could have been a lot more. It could have been a lot more. And we were quite happy with the service that we got. And when you bought that membership in the service, you got a three-year warranty? Or if you have a puncture or something, they would come and rescue you anywhere? They would come and rescue me anywhere, apparently. And this is offered by Michelin. And the service seems to be exactly what they say it was. I went to a, a Michelin truck dealer. I had the tires installed. And I, this is interesting because I didn't pay anything to the dealer. The dealer charged Michelin. He didn't even know what I was paying for the tires. He didn't know the price that I was paying, which is interesting. So he charged the, the balancing and the uh, mounting and the stems and all that sort of stuff. He charged that back to Michelin, who then charged my credit card. So that was quite an interesting situation. And, and we were had a chance to actually use the tire repair service. The next day. The next day. <laughs> they apparently put in a defective uh, uh, valve in one of the stems, and the next day we came out, and I'm checking the tires just as I do, and uh, I had a brain fart because I put the gauge on the tire, and it said zero. I said, oh, shit. Oh, uh, oh darn. There must be something wrong with my tire gauge. And so I'm playing around with it, and I thought, eh, how could the tire be at zero? And it was your inside dual, inside dual, dual so, so it's hard to see, too. couldn't really see it. So I checked, and then I banged on the tire a little bit, and it was loose. It had come off the rim. So you couldn't refill it. So I couldn't refill it. So I had to have them come out in an emergency situation. Well, not an emergency. I was parked. But uh, it, they had to come out and replace the valve stem and stuff and, and fix it. And on the inside dual is tough because you got to take off the front one, the, the outside one, obviously. So that was quite an adventure. But they took care of that, of course, for free and because it was covered by my National Fleet Three-year warranty. My three-year warranty. So I'm pretty happy with that. And so if you're thinking about buying tires, whether they are trailer tires or motorhome tires or car tires, this uh, service will provide you with uh, 
some big price benefits and some big benefits in terms of uh, service after the the purchase. We've done a lot. That that was the RV show. Yeah. Uh, I have an article up here. Five important things to look for at in an RV show. And if you're thinking about going to an RV show, and this is the time of the year when you might want to go, this article has some good tips on on going to a show and deciding whether it's it's worth it. Some shows they advertise down here are single dealer shows where the dealer kind of takes over a parking lot and brings in a bunch of their own motorhomes. And gives and you a free hot dog. Gives you a free hot dog. Those are probably not worth it. But the Tampa Super Show is definitely a worthwhile adventure. And you don't get any free hot dogs and you have to pay to go there. And I should also add, because it's on the very spacious Florida State Fairgrounds, um, it has huge parking facilities for any of you who want to come there and boom the show since the show is so big it's frustrating if you want to see it all in one day you really can't and you can just come with your rig pay a little extra and boondock on the grounds and go to the show the whole time it is which is five well, nights all yeah together. yeah but even better that the single day admission is actually two days you get a second day free when you buy your your one day admission so that if you come and park and they charge you twenty dollars a night for to boondocking boondock. mm-hmm. and there's there are hundreds of RVs that boondock. You wouldn't be alone. You would not be alone at all. And if you'd like to come, and you don't need a reservation, we have had to, had to have, because we had electricity and services, we did have uh, a limited number of spots, and we did have to make a reservation far in advance, and it was substantially more expensive. But if you're interested in just coming and spending a night, that's easy to do. You don't have to be affiliated with anybody? Nope. You just, just drive park. in and just park. Uh, just park. If you can boondock. And, of course, if you have lithium batteries, you can boondock. Oh, here we go again. I'm going to go buy AGMs, aren't I? That's what you said. Let's get it done. By next month. As soon as the cruise is over. No, i got something to look forward to. Eight batteries. $200 each. While we're contemplating the fact that our motorhome is um, approaching 10 years of age. Ten. It reminds us that there are some campgrounds that don't let you camp at them if you are 10 years old. There's been a lot of talk on the message boards about if, but we rarely find that. I can think of one time. Yeah. And we weren't 10 years of age. And I know somebody whose rig is closer to 20, but is in beautiful condition, who just lies, and the campground doesn't seem to know the difference. Don't believe them. I think the real issue is they don't want people who are going to um, live at their campground permanently and make a big mess and have an air conditioner hanging out the back window. As long as you look nice and are well-kept, I think campgrounds are happy to have you and your money. You know, something else that that we talked about at the RV show we saw in the vendor area was a, a new collection of apps that is designed for RVers to plan. We have often talked about RV Park Reviews, which we think is probably the best of the campground review sites. We always check out our campground at RV Park Reviews to see, you know, what, what others people say. what people say. But that company has been sold and they're now called RV Life. And this is something else I would like to get some more information about, but they have taken RV Wizard which is a planning site, they've taken a RV GPS and incorporated it into an app along with uh, Campground Reviews, which is their 
news site. That's RV Park Reviews. And this costs money, and depending on how many services you want to take advantage right. of, can cost more or less. It's a la carte right. pricing. And this is at RVLife.com. And they have these apps. And the thing about, <laughs> they talk about why buy a GPS when you can use your phone. And the reason in the past has been, one, because they're not always online. Two is is that it wasn't RV sensitive. I will never forget. It wasn't that long ago. I was routing us with my Garmin, which comes from a car, and Ken was routing us with his Rand McNally GPS, which was designed for an RV. And we came to a fork in the road, and we could see up ahead the way mine wanted to go, which would have brought us under a eleven-foot bridge, a much too low bridge. We could and, see. We could see it. And your your app directed us in the proper direction. Well, so. my my standalone GPS. So. But this it, this software is designed to replace your standalone GPS and give you these services. Everybody always asks, how far can I drive in a day? Where are the What are the campgrounds? What should I see along the way? I think RV Wizard is the app that helps you with that and helps you plan the routes to suit your needs and has low bridges and all that sort of stuff. I also people have questions in the mountains about how steep things yes. are and how winding the roads are. Yes. Would it take into account that too? Stay tuned. We will find out in future months. Okay. Does yours take into account? But not the slope. Or not. Uh huh. And how sharp you the that, you need the trucker atlas. Hairpin turns are and things like that. Oh. We just park and go with the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, I brought Hairpin turn. I brought you. Glacier National Park. I thought, what have I gotten him into? But we live to tell. So, as you know, we run the Grand McNally, which I think is the best software for motorhomes and big vehicles. Martha runs the Garmin, and frequently we have the uh, Google Maps or something running. And you use Waze too, but yeah. Waze is often. Better for a car. Right. And I usually have a paper map on my lap, too. And then I just really get tied in a knot sometimes because each one of our devices recommends something different, especially going through cities. So we may just give RVLife.com a try we and should. see if that settles Solve it. Now that we, and now that we have uh, Apple CarPlay, CarPlay, so that it'll display right on the screen, I hope. Anyway... It's been an exciting month. You know, another thing that makes your life a lot easier is having Easy Pass for tollways. If you're in the eastern part of the country. Yes. And we found out that uh, uh, we've used the, the Illinois, it's called in Illinois, it's called iPass, and the devices are basically free. But what we found out is when you come down here to Florida, you have to have the Sun Pass. Most, However, most of the states in the eastern U.S. do use the iPass, which we buy in Illinois, and call it different things in different states, right. easy, easy Pass, and so on. We've driven all the way from Illinois to Maine, which has a lot of toll ways on the route and the gizmo took care of them all in our case in illinois it gives you a substantial reduction in the toll price which yes. i'm not sure is necessarily true in every state i but, think it is but if that's they the give way you an incentive for getting if that's the, gizmo. the way you gotta go at and least one you don't have to stand in line at a toll booth and dig around right. for quarters and one transponder takes care of it all and of course, it's connected to your credit card, so it's just automatically charged. It's very States connected way. to the Easy Pass system include Delaware, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Virginia, and West Virginia. Additionally, portions of Florida are also compatible with Easy Pass. 
So since, but it's impossible to tell which ones. And so since we already have a sun pass on our rig because that's what they required, um, I'm never quite sure with our easy pass if we're paying the toll twice. I put it in the drawer so that I so won't So that's work. a big discount to, to pay twice. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and, and you don't want to pay tolls, but at least if they make it painless and quick and efficient, that's a good idea. Indeed. Well, as we know... The February is the month of the Academy Awards, in addition to the Super Bowl and many other things. But there are a lot of movies about RVs. Or people living in RVs. People living in RVs. Recreating in RVs. We have not necessarily seen them all, but we're going to test your knowledge. I'll put this on the website, too. Well, you're not going to ask all these questions. We're going to test your knowledge of RVs and matching the title to the description. How many of these movies have you seen? Ooh. Charlie's Angels, Jurassic Park, Stripes, Spaceballs, A Perfect World. The Wild Thornberries movie. And the Long, Long Trailer. So we're going to put the description, and you have to match it up with the description. Since the Jeopardy contest is over, we'll tax your brain with RV movie knowledge. Sounds good. So five high-tech trends in 2020. Can you dig it? So this is an article which I'm going to provide you the link for. But they list number one item on that list is lithium batteries included by the factory. That would be nice. That's going to be a trend in the future. Although I don't know any motorhome manufacturers that do that. Motorhome manufacturers that do that. Some of the class Bs, where you, well, you don't lithium, need so many. yeah, you don't need so much power. And space is even more at a premium. And they're fairly expensive as vehicles go, as RVs go. So that's. Uh, Something that's to be considered, smart RV systems, the smart home for RVs. So, what do you know about smart homes? That's when we they do- have all those little Alexa speakers in there. Well, and you can say, open the shades. I don't uh, like that at all. Why? Because I don't like machines Turn on the lights. spying on me. Flush the toilet. While I can still walk, I will do those things for myself. So a smart RV... And then you need Wi-Fi all the time. Inside your RV would have an internal system that would... The thing that I remember when we were at the Super Show, many of the motorhomes had um, a lot of their controls on iPads. And we went smart home. And we went into one where the electricity was not working for whatever reason, and it dawned on me that you wouldn't be able to do anything because nothing is manual anymore. At least I can open my drapes and unlock my door. And of course, we talked to one repairman who was commiserating about the fact that when people bring in the new motorhomes and the new RVs that have smart devices in them, he can't repair them. Why? Because he can't get the parts. Uh huh. And they're complex and difficult to understand, and you need special skills to do that. So smart RV systems, definitely there were lots of them available. Oh, it's a coming thing. Little lights that blink and... Oh, cool. No, I'm a Luddite. Sorry. Okay, number three, comprehensive trip planners, such as the Trip Wizard, which we were just Just talking talking about. about. So these are becoming more and more popular. I can see that. Number four, RV sharing takes on... Traditional RV rentals. We saw somebody at the Super Show who was... Ooh, the Airbnb um, of RVs. Doing oh. the blind date arranging of people who own motorhomes yeah, and people who t- wanted to rent them. Yeah. And they said to us with big beaming smiles, Oh, it's great. works well. Nobody has any nicks and dings on their RVs when <clears> they come back. <throat> uh, we would have some misgivings, but... 
if you could find an RV to rent that way, it would give you some insights about how that yeah, kind of I, RV would be to own. Yeah. Um, so I can see... But it would have to be a drivable. You couldn't trust anybody to have the kind of truck that you would need to tow. You'd have to... And what happens if... Oh, you'd I have just, to rent them the truck and the fifth wheel. And number five is solar everywhere. Uh, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about solar. Solar does not run your RV. Solar charges your batteries so that the batteries can run the RV. Your capacity with solar depends on your capacity with batteries and how fast your batteries can be recharged by your solar system. Solar itself is of no value because it it just provides electricity which will go away quickly unless you have a battery bank in order to provide the consistency in the nighttime and when the clouds are out and that sort of stuff. So although solar is uh, viable for recharging your batteries, it's not the be-all and end-all. And solar everywhere, follow the link that I have on here. You can read all about this. Five mistaken assumptions that new full-time RVers make. They think that full-time RVing is going to be one long camping trip. And whatever you do when you're at home, especially on the weekends, you're probably going to need to do a lot of those things while you're living full-time. It could be paying the bills, figuring out your taxes, washing and ironing your clothes. No, nobody irons anymore. Anything that you do in your normal life going to the doctor. You're going to have to figure out how to do that while you're a full-time RVer. So it's not just a recreational camping vacation we don't 24-7. We don't have campfires every night. We don't eat s'mores every night. (laughs) Uh, We watch the TV news just like you would if you were at home. So it's a lot more like being at home than it is like camping for us. If you're full-time. And we're not even all the way full-time. Well, for the time being, we are. Another misconception people have is that they think that the excitement of visiting new places will wipe out missing family and friends. It depends on how much you are in tune with your family and friends. Some people would just as soon get away from their families, I think. But it's a trade-off. And I really like seeing new places. Right. Yes. And, And also, this also makes it easier to visit family and friends because you can drive up, stay in your motorhome, and not bother them. We've talked about this before. Um, We have uh, some good friends who travel, make a circle around the United States, visiting one son on one coast and the other son on the other coast. They stay for months, and as a matter of fact, they just told us that their son said, we like it better when you come for a longer period of time because we don't have to see you as much. Is that what they said? Or every day. We don't have to see you every day. If you just have a brief visit, it's kind of a pressure cooker. Yeah. You you have to cram everything in. And you have to have all these celebrations, and you have to go and do everything all at once. Whereas if you come and stay for a couple months, you're not not staying with them. You just come and visit maybe on the weekends or a couple times a week, and you can make it much more part of their life. And and grandkids, I think, appreciate that, too. So that's an important factor when you're considering being a full-timer. Another misconception is that you will have a non-maintenance living. No maintenance. Living. Look at the look at the code on your tires to answer that question. Look at all the things we've been we haven't even told you about all the maintenance things we've been dealing with this month. Um, you have just as much stuff to worry about as you do in a stick-built home, and then you have a car to worry about too, or well, an engine it's, to worry it's, about. There, it's not maintenance-free, that's for sure. There are always things to do and money to spend and to keep it working right. It's going to be so much cheaper than living in a house. A lot of people have said that, but I don't see that at all. No. I think 
you the the kind of lifestyle you have when you are in your home is the kind of lifestyle you will probably seek to maintain when you are living in your RV full time. Yeah. And so the money outflow will be similar. I will love wherever we are if I can only be a full-time RVer. The beauty of being a full-time <laughs> RVer is that when you don't love the place where you are, you can leave again. You don't make any irrevocable mistakes in terms of location. So what's happening in the next month? We are going on that little cruise, and then we're staying here in Florida. And, and then we're battling with the batteries. And your RV navigators will be right here. Right here at a campground near you in Titusville, Florida. We will be waiting for you to contact us and come and visit. Here. So without any further ado, we will say see you in a campground near us in the month of February. Happy travels. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>